welcome back to You Know What I've Been Wondering. I'm Sarah. I'm Jane. How you doing, Jane? Uh, well. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Yikes, okay. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm very happy to see you. Well, I'm happy to see you. Um, yeah. It's been a tough week. Um, you know, when you're trying to recover with your mental health and then there's a coup. Uh, <laughs> Taylor texted us and was like, Sarah, you predicted the coup. And I was like, I didn't want to. I didn't want to predict a coup. <laughs> Not what I was intending. Last week when you were talking about the, like, the confirmation of the electoral votes and, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> how we needed to be careful about that situation, I was, like, half listening. I was like, yeah, yeah, they're going to count the votes and nothing's going to happen. Boy, was I wrong. Boy, were you wrong. <laughs> Can you imagine it? I, I should have called the Capitol Police and been like, hey, um, wh- like, I just, I think we should just be careful. You think that would have changed anything? No. Probably not. No. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, I just, I I'm cannot gonna, deal gonna... with all of this. Yeah, we can, we can, we'll talk about this later. Okay, so oh, the Earth, boy. <laughs> the Earth's layers. I forgot I... that's what you were talking about. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know why when I went to start my research I was like all right what am I talking about I'm pretty sure it's like a really like tough social topic and then I like <laughs> listened to the episode and was like oh no it's no <laughs> it's the inner core outer core mantle and crust that are all hypothetical I can't I can't every no, article no, no. I read about them though spoke about them like they were factual and I think it's 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 accepted as fact in the scientific community but the thing is like we it's just... still a theory it's like gravity yeah <laughs> it's still yeah. just a theory it's true okay so we we cannot dig deep enough into the earth to really know for sure what every layer is and like what it's made unbelievable of. The unbelievable deepest... at least we know gravity's happening like i'm weighted to the ground <laughs> You throw something up, it comes back down. Mm-hmm. The deepest hole ever dug um, is the Cola Super Deep Borehole, which is 40,230 feet deep. And it took the Soviet Union almost 20 years to drill it. This is still only a oh. third of a way through the Earth's crust, supposed crust. So during the Cold War, there was a race by the global superpowers, the Soviet Union, the U.S., Japan, Germany. They were all trying to dig to the Earth's mantle. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm surprised. I guess they thought the co- the outer core and the inner core was just like too much of it. Like that's not doable. But they were like, but the mantle we could make happen. The biggest problem, as was the case for the space race and the race for the moon, was that tech the technologies needed to make it happen like hadn't really been invented yet so they were sort of creating technology from scratch as the need arose for it mm, okay during the 1950s this is my favorite part of everything I- <laughs> okay there was this group of <laughs> members of the scientific community it was an mm-hmm. informal group called the American Miscellaneous Society. <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the miscellaneous. It really is, though, because it's referred to as <laughs> a society turned drinking club. I love that. Uh, I well, love they, that. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just a bunch of like random scientists who were like, we should form mm-hmm. an organization. And they were like, to do what? And they were like, eh, miscellaneous things. Whatever we want. <laughs> That's literally this podcast. When people are like, what's it about? I'm like, miscellaneous uh, topics. <laughs> Something that's interesting, but not enough to do a whole show on. Yeah. <laughs> we are unofficial members of the American Miscellaneous Society. Uh, we are. They started this project. <laughs> I love this, and I'm going to explain why. It's called Project Mohole, and I don't think they intended <laughs> Mohole, and I don't think they intended it for <laughs> intended it to be as hilarious of a play on words as it is. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. But okay, so the boundary between the mantle and the crust, allegedly, 
um, uh-huh. is this the alleged boundary <laughs> is called the okay it's <laughs> it's a Croatian name I'm gonna try to pronounce it um, Moho Mohorovicic. I think if you say it faster, it'd be like Mohorovicic. Sure, that sounds nice. So it's called the Mohorovicic discontinuity. That's like the membrane in between the mantle and the crust. And Mm, it's often um, sort of shortened for like conversation purposes as just the Moho discontinuity. So (laughs) they were like, we want to dig to the Moho discontinuity. And so they called it the Mohole Project. Get it? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I get it. Mohole. <laughs> but then also, like, Mohole is like less, is, is like more whole. Uh, that's so funny. I think it's I love hilarious. This. I love everything about the American Miscellaneous Society and their punny project. <laughs> they decided that it would be easiest if they started drilling from a spot super deep in the ocean uh, because the crust is the thinnest at places that are deep in the ocean but it presents a big challenge because okay super deep in the ocean like you gotta get down in the water and (laughs) so they picked a spot on the pacific ocean floor off the coast of guadalupe mexico and they began drilling in 1961 Today, we regularly do deep sea drilling for gas and oil, and we have technology in order to do that um, called dynamic positioning, which is basically technology that allows drill ships to stay still and in position over the wells they're drilling in. But that hadn't been invented yet. So they had to improvise a system of propellers along the sides of their ships to keep them steady as they were drilling underneath. The Germans and the Russians were also attempting to drill down as deep as they could at the same time. But because there was this big sense of competition, it was like a race. No one wanted to share technology or research or ideas. So everyone was like kind of in the dark, like like the Russians had some good ideas, but they didn't tell us. The Germans had some completely separate idea. Like everybody had bits of knowledge that would have really helped if we had all worked together, but we didn't do that. Right. Um, <laughs> no helping. <laughs> no helping. But they were all running into the same technological issues. The further down you drill, for example, the hotter the temperatures get and nobody had the technology that could withstand such high temperatures. And okay. another huge issue was you had to, was, was that they wanted to drill straight down. Like they wanted their drill to be pointed like at the earth's mm-hmm. core, but it's really difficult to right. make sure that you're getting the correct angle. Like even if something seems super mm-hmm. straight down, you could be like totally going crooked because right. the earth's so big. So it was really difficult to get a straight down directional drilling so technologically we we didn't really have what we needed um in 1967 the u.s congress said that the costs of project mohole were getting out of control and they pulled funding they only got 183 meters i'm going to laugh every time you say mohole (laughs) i want to get like a pet mole and name it i will laugh every time the Soviets drilled later than we did, and the result of that was the Kola Super Deep Borehole, which they worked on for much longer than we did. They worked until 1992, but they also had to stop because um, the temperature at the spot that they had drilled to was 365 degrees Fahrenheit, which was twice as hot that, as they oh. are predicting it to be. So they basically had no idea how much more hotter it would go if it would keep going and they did not have drilling technology that could withstand such unpredictably high heat and essentially like all of those big drilling projects kind of ended the same it's an enormously expensive project to try and undertake and there are very few governments that want to fund it because they don't really see the point um compared to other the point we we need to know that it's that it's there (laughs) that's the point why like what's pressing about that 
We've got other things we My need to do. sanity? <laughs> I guess you're right, but I don't know. Like, I... I don't know. Um... So the what if there's like demons in there? <laughs> oh, I have a creepy fact coming up that you're not gonna like. Um, so the uh, <laughs> I already had a conversation about giant squids today that made me upset. Oh, I'm sorry. So the Cola Super Deep borehole is still there, and some tour like some tourists go to see it. It does have a lid on it though, like like you know how on Lost, like the hatch had a lid. It's a lid. Like it was like that. Like it, yeah. it has like a thing to keep you from looking into it. Um, because again, it goes down Aww. like tens of thousands of feet, and you don't want to fall in. It would be very. That's true that you don't want to fall in. <laughs> there is also still a super deep hole in Germany from when they were trying to drill to the mantle. Um, and tourists can go see it, and the giant crane that was used for drilling is still there, and they do sometimes use it to take measurements and observations of the, like, deep hole. Deep sea? Not for me. <laughs> now, here's the creepy fact that uh, you're not going to like, but, um, so at this hole in Germany, um, a Dutch artist named Lottie Given, uh, had an idea she took a microphone and she covered it in a thermal shield and she lowered it down into the hole as far as as like she could get it and she wanted to see what sounds she would pick up from the hole and she picked up rumblings in the microphone and then played them for scientists and scientists um couldn't come up with an explanation she says it made her no 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 (laughs) She said it made her feel, quote, very small. It was the first time in my life that this big ball we live on came to life. It sounds haunting. Some people thought it it did sound like hell. Others thought that they could hear the planet breathe. So. Okay, so <laughs> do you see why I'm like, we should figure out what's down there. Remember the giant, giant squid that I was talking about? Maybe he lives down there. Then he can stay there. He's not bothering us. Like, <laughs> I'm so afraid. So anyway, all of this to say is that the deepest into the earth that we have actual evidence of is like at most only a third of the way into what scientists call the earth, the earth's crust. So how would we know what the inner layers of the earth actually look like or are made up of? The way that we have come up with this hypothesis and have supported it um, are that there are many seismographs located all over the world. And every time there is an earthquake somewhere, um, it is recorded and it's recorded not just in one location, but like it's recorded in many locations throughout. And scientists, like now we share information, uh, but scientists use information like how long it Um, they use information like how long it takes for a seismic wave to go from one place to another and how strong it is and what path it has taken. And it, 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 we look at the patterns of the seismic waves and how they travel. And then um, scientists basically, um, they compile... <laughs> All of the materials that we know to exist, all of the known metals and elements that can occur naturally, and types of matter, liquid, solid, yada, yada, um, and study how a seismic wave would travel through materials until we came up with the best guess that would explain why the seismic waves traveled in the way that they do. And that information was used to create the hypothesis of the inner core, outer core, mantle, and crust. And there are a lot of things about those layers that are still only like theorized and frequently disputed, such as exactly what elements it's all made of, um, what it would look like, what it would feel like. Like we can only guess at a lot of these things and how it formed and why it formed and all of those things. It's all a big mystery. 
Um, Not into this mystery. But again, there's really no way to confirm or deny anything. And the, <laughs> anything and the, in life is. <laughs> we uh, we tried to see if we could dig as deep as we went to look at, you know, the outer part of it, like just the shell. And we can't do that. That's too right. Much. So it's it's not really top priority to go digging around in there you know we got diseases to cure and to go digging around (laughs) in there (laughs) it's not important um we don't need it we don't need it we don't so now um here are just some fun facts that i found about the earth's layers again they were all just guessing on this is like (laughs) the earth's non-existent layers (laughs) yeah (laughs) prove it to me prove it to me so as far as we know it's all made of rock and metal. Uh, all of these facts are, again, as far as we know, and we could be proven wrong. As far as we know, which is very little. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, meteorites have been studied and have found to contain bits of nickel and iron in them, which are elements that are believed to be in the inner Earth and therefore are believed to be bits of planets that have exploded. So that's interesting. Oh. Yeah. The mantle of the earth, <laughs> this is my favorite fact, um, is believed to be made up of solid rock, but apparently it's <laughs> um, believed to be like a moldable consistency, very similar to Play-Doh. <laughs> but oh. <laughs> it, it is incredibly hot, like at least hundreds of degrees. Like the crust with the deepest we could go, we found that it was 365 degrees. And this is in the mantle. So probably uh, like yeah. probably thousands of degrees. Um, so it's a forbidden and unreachable Play-Doh. <laughs> I wanna squish the mantle. I wanna <laughs> you wanna play with the play-doh. <laughs> uh, the reason why the tectonic plates exist and are in pieces is because the variation in temperature throughout the earth's layers um caused for Mm -hmm. rocks to get super hot and then because of the intense heat they're trying to spread out from each other so they'll rise but then as they rise they um cool down and then therefore sink (laughs) so there's all these like rocks moving up and down in the earth's layers so it caused for the crust to have some breakage and that is why there are like it's in kind of pieces and lastly i know this is kind of a short segment but i, I don't know so much to talk about. Um, no it's okay mine's long okay. the mariana trench is the deepest natural place on earth <laughs> Fuck that so like i've talked about the deepest man-made place on earth but this is the deepest natural place on earth um it is almost I am seven so miles afraid deep. of the Mariana Trench. <laughs> oh my god. If you took Mount Everest and you put it in the Mariana no! the Mariana Trench, um <laughs> it would still be seven thousand feet below sea level. That's <laughs> I I can't. I made a PowerPoint for Jane and I's friends about why I think the ocean is the scariest environment. And, uh, like, the Mariana Trench is a big part of that. Uh, It would be if we could access the bottom of it really easily, though. I wonder if that would be a super easy place to dig from. So maybe, Sarah, your two fears could, like, cancel each other out. Like, no it's not a cancellation it's just it's a compounding it's a compounding of fears we could use the mariana trench to dig into the earth and then use one fear to solve the other you know i do want to know what's in that hole (laughs) so that's that's really all i have on the layers of the earth just that's another mystery to keep in mind you know just in case you were feeling comfy don't feel comfy don't get comfortable (laughs) (laughs) always be alert have you things the girl scout taught me have you seen the theory on tiktok that when the new year happened the in the year 2020 we entered a new dimension dimension and then we just left it because all of the mandela effects are like switching back yes i hate it i don't know about all of them but the fruit loops one the fruit loops one what 
Andy screamed at me last night because I was like, there's never been a robber emoji. And he was like, yes, there has. And I was like, no, no there... there isn't. There's never been a robber I emoji. I can picture it. And he was like, I've used it. <laughs> I can picture it. And him, we described it. He described it. And he was describing exactly what I was thinking. And every description I've heard of, every time I say that, there's only, oh, there's no robber emoji. Like, yes, there is. They all describe the exact same thing. And a mask and it's like a, like a striped shirt. He's never existed. He's he's never existed. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. He's okay. never been real. So I'm going to talk about something son else. son of a bitch. Upsetting for my middle segment. Oh, uh, we, ta- we talked about it a little bit, but um, I was just personally wondering. Uh, so I, I did some Googling and some article reading on. Uh, my question was with, we're recording this and there's te- and there's like 10, nine days but if you probably, you might be listening to this later. Nine days, Who knows yeah. if this will be relevant, but there are nine days left in the Trump presidency. Is it possible to remove him before the end of that? And what would that do? So the House of Representatives is currently poised to impeach President Trump on the grounds of inciting an insurrection. They um, introduced articles of impeachment today. Yeah, they did. The article that I read had been published like, 45 minutes before I was taking notes and I was like oh this is happening right now gotcha. um the FBI has ominously right warned that there may be further armed protests by Trump loyalists leading up to the inauguration of President-elect Biden uh I don't know if they mean like ones that are on the scale as the storming of the Capitol on Wednesday um but mm-hmm. there definitely like at least could be some more protests happening um Mm-hmm. So, but like what happened on Wednesday is, is such a cause for concern that like the government real we really don't want that to happen again. Um, so yeah. definitely not. Yeah. So the Democrats and a growing number of Republicans believe that Trump is capable of doing even more damage in his final days and that impeaching him would send a message to at least some supporters who care what they say. Um, that Trump, it, like what he's doing is immoral and wrong. And the things that he's asking of his supporters is immoral and wrong. The impeachment bill reads, yes. President Trump gravely endangered the security of the United States and its institutions of government. He will remain a threat to national security, a democracy and the constitution if allowed to remain in office. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is summoning lawmakers to Washington for votes within the next few days. Um, Security is allegedly tightening in Washington as this means more lawmakers are showing up. Uh, But Biden says he is not afraid of taking the oath of office in the traditional spot outside the Capitol. I'm nervous for him. I am nervous. I'm absolutely, I mean, I know that they, ex- I know after Wednesday, last Wednesday, they extended the, um, the mayor had declared a state of emergency mm-hmm. and he extended it for two weeks. So he extended it through the oh, inauguration. I just, they got to put him in like yeah. a bulletproof clear dome thing. Yeah, like, absolutely. <laughs> put him in a hamster wheel. I'm hoping, I don't, I don't know if they're letting people gather for it because of COVID. No, I don't think they are. But I'm just like so worried about like a sniper or something. Um, Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. But Biden also says that there will be a serious focus on holding those who engaged in sedition and vandalism accountable. There is some worries that um, there are other matters that the Senate needs to be dealing with instead of impeachment. For example, they they need to be working on COVID relief and getting the nominations and confirmations of the members of Biden's cabinet. So there isn't really a lot of time. They don't get a lot of free time to be working on, on impeachment, but Biden has suggested that they should make a schedule where they spend half the day confirming his appointments and the other half of the day, um, (laughs) working on impeachment. Um, yeah, uh, making time. COVID being in that first half, um, COVID relief. Unfortunately, after the siege on Wednesday, where lawmakers all had to shelter together, more of them are testing positive for COVID. Oh no! Because they were all crowded together. 
That's so I sad. Know. So that is an added challenge. I think there should be some sort of like temporary thing where they don't all have to be in the same place for this vote. Like, can they do a, Congress? Right. can they do a Senate vote over Zoom? <laughs> like, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Democrats have called on Vice President Pence and the cabinet to invoke the 25th Amendment to remove Trump from office before Inauguration Day. I saw one TikTok that I thought was hilarious that was mm-hmm. like me sees headline saying that they need to do the 25th Amendment. And then it was just like a POV thing of a woman like Googling being like, and it's like a good like 30 seconds of her like typing and you're just watching her race. And then all of a sudden she figures out what the 25th Amendment is and she goes, oh yeah, we should do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, 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 I'm for that. (laughs) Republicans have blocked this, this call for the 25th Amendment, but they're expected to hold a roll call vote on it tomorrow. Well, for us tomorrow, mm-hmm. be Tuesday the 12th, and mm-hmm. it will most likely pass, despite the fact that Republicans are trying to keep it from doing so. Pence will then have 24 hours to respond, and then they can begin impeachment proceedings. So it's kind of up to Pence. Mm. Uh, I saw a tweet earlier today that was like, it's funny that the thing that might divide Trump and Pence is whether or not Pence should be assassinated. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. We live in a dark time. Because weren't they like, with the gallows outside the Capitol, weren't they intending on hanging Mike Pence? Like, or what was the... I don't know what the oh, well they put up that's they put up the um Pelosi. the the noose because yeah. no that was like that was like a straight up like we hate black people thing oh, I think. okay yeah um but i did hear that there i mean they planted bombs yeah. there was intention to hurt mike pence yeah. absolutely yeah. uh pence ha- and i don't like mike pence but that is absolutely terrifying Pence has given no indication that he is going to say yes to this and no member of Trump's cabinet has publicly called for Trump's removal. It would be possible for Trump to be impeached after leaving office. So some say that that might be a better plan to wait a hundred days after the inauguration. So Biden can have time to focus on other issues. And then once things have hopefully settled down a little bit, then they can bring Trump back and get some consequences for him. Some Republicans are arguing against impeachment because they think that him leaving office is like already punishment enough. And that, uh, well, here's a quote from Representative Jeff Vandrew from New Jersey, who I believe is a Republican. He said, they're not only going to create bad feelings in Congress, they're going to create tremendously bad feelings in America. So basically like adding insult to injury. Okay, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Um, Representative Ilhan Omar tweeted, it's important. Incredible person. It's important to impeach and convict this president, even if he has a few days left in office. It will set a precedent. We must make it clear that no president can lead an insurrection against the U.S. government. What we do today will matter for the rest of this nation's history. And I think that is the best way to say it. Uh, we can't. It's we true. can't let him get away with it, even though he's already like on his way out. Also, if he's if he's not impeached, he could run again. Exactly. Um, if this is done, not only, this is really my next point, if this is done, not only would Trump be removed from office, but he could also be barred from running for re-election in 2024 or however, or whatever election year he wants. Interestingly, no matter what happens, um, Barack Obama during his presidency put measures in place that regardless of impeachment, a president will have secret service protection for the remainder of his life. So even if he is impeached, like he'll still you have a bodyguard or something i personally would like to see trump put in jail and i wonder how that would work <laughs> <laughs> he's in jail but the secret service are there too yeah i wish it was still like france in the 1800s when they sent napoleon to that island i would love to send him to an island Ooh. be like go away leave <laughs> ban him from the country yeah. um uh, i would love i would love that yeah. If he were impeached, Trump would lose his president's pension. And um, <laughs> I know. Oh, well, you're going to lose your pension? <laughs> <laughs> the thing about impeachment is that, like, it's not, he wouldn't have, like, it, it wouldn't be legal repercussions, but he would have some money taken away and it would hurt his political future. But 
after he is right. impeached, then he could be prosecuted for the exact same acts in a, like a criminal <laughs> investigation. Yeah. Um, and he could be tried that way. And that would be how he would be, you know, hopefully sent to jail. Um, this is yeah. super unprecedented though. There was only one case of attempting to impeach a president after he left office. And that case, um, the president was acquitted. Um, oh, I forget who it was. It was like Garfield or something. But again, it's very unprecedented. So a lot of it comes down to interpretations of past situations and specific like wordings in the constitution. And you gotta be, we gotta get some good lawyers on this show to like help explain it. But um, yeah, it's all down to this legal document of the constitution. Um, But here's the thing, Trump cannot pardon himself. He does not have that power mm-hmm. as much as he probably no, he thinks cannot. he does. But thankfully, thanks to the wins in Georgia, uh, once Biden takes his seat, Senate control will pass on to the Democrats, which will make things a bit easier. Uh, we still need to have a two-thirds majority in order to impeach the president, uh, which would require Republican support, uh, which is tricky to get. I'm really hoping I have I, I do think more and more Republicans are kind of seeing that the other shoe's dropping and it, ha- it dropped a long time ago, but are, are finally right. seeing how dangerous this president could be. Um, some yeah. of them are still being stubborn and pigheaded, but Republicans, you, you got us, I, like, I, they're not listening, but <laughs> I don't know. They're not, <laughs> they're not here. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this, but they're not here. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's so tough. Like, because I just, I feel like I'm so done trying to convince Republicans to do the right thing. But at the same time, like, we need them to do the right thing. (sighs) Yeah, we do do the right thing Mm -hmm. for once in your life. So basically the answer to my question of like, what would impeaching Trump before the end of his presidency like what would that do like there's really like i was worried that there was a deadline like that we had to do it by the end of his presidency but it's really just that we need to do it at all like it needs to we need to he needs to face consequences it needs to be done yeah it needs to be done yeah and just being banned from twitter is like not enough no it's Mm -hmm. not they should have banned him from twitter a very long time ago absolutely is part of it and everyone who's saying that we're like that him being banned from twitter is like silencing his free speech um i saw a couple people on facebook today talking about how um some people compared it to like well if that baker denied cake to a same-sex couple then like we also have the power to deny trump um twitter but it's more similar to it's less similar in that it's like Twitter is not a fundamental right. Twitter is a private company right. and Trump violated their terms right. of service. It, like if you, it's not right. against your rights as a person. If you go to a bar and get belligerently drunk and violent and the bouncer kicks you out, like that's not you not being allowed in the bar. That's you having broken the rules. So yeah. Um, he, yeah, he's violated the Twitter terms of, of service many, a long, long time ago. And it's good. He's gone from there now. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what else to say other than I hope he gets every consequence. I'm with you a hundred percent. So that's my middle segment. Speaking of consequences, would you like to talk about mythology now? Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Lighten the mood. So you did not ask me how I was. I didn't. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, because I want to say that I'm getting my first dose of the COVID vaccine tomorrow. <gasps> right! <Woo>! Yay! <laughs> and I just wanted to celebrate because I'm very excited. I'm very happy. And it was really nice to go into work today and see all the teachers who are starting to register for their vaccinations yeah. and see the weight that that is off their shoulders because they're like, now I can focus on like being present for my students and not being worried that I'm going to get sick and hurt them or that they're going to get me sick. I wonder if you can still be a carrier, even if you're vaccinated. You can, you can still get it, but I don't know if you can carry it. Mm. Like, I guess if you get it, I guess if you develop the the virus, then yes, technically you would carry it. But if Mm -hmm. you don't develop it, it's like how people still get the flu after they get the flu vaccination. 
Um, so it is still possible, but it's definitely much harder. Mm-hmm. So it's just like it's not it's not permission for me to stop taking it seriously. Absolutely not. Yeah. But it does. It will it definitely bring me a lot of comfort shoulders, considering. Yeah. And considering the number of adults, the number of adults and children I interact with every single day, I do think it will, like, make me feel more secure to do my job. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. Anyway, let's talk about mythology. You asked me about Norse mythology, which is something I knew a bit about, and I was really thrilled to learn more about because I love mythology of all types, and I love Norway. This is Norway and the Germanic tribes. Um, So I was super, super jazzed to learn more about this. And so I'm just going to go over some like kind of basic stuff and like really like the most important myths and legend myths and not even legends myths of the Norse mythology. This I mean, just like Greek mythology and Roman mythology is like vast and wide and there's a lot of nuance to it. This is the same exact thing. So this is just like a brief overview. If you're listening to this and you're like, but you didn't talk about X, Y, Z. I you're right. I probably didn't. And I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, But this is this is me doing my best. Also, Andy, my roommate who was on this show, is obsessed with Vikings and North 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 Norse mythology. (laughs) And he was like, what are you talking about this? What are you talking about this? And I was like, I'm trying. So like I'm doing basically the best that I can to appease him mm-hmm. um, because he's I, he's going to listen to this and judge it. So I care about doing a good job mm-hmm. for Andy. Uh, but, and the rest of you are going to get some very valuable information. So Norse mythology. I did the first part of my notes on paper. <gasps> what, like, like, an, like an old-timey lady. Uh, <laughs> Norse mythology is the, Nor- the North Germanic people's mythology, which means it was namely the Vikings mythology. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the Norse religion never actually had an official name. It's just called Norse religion because it was the religion of the North. And in the their writings about it, they would just call it the tradition is what they referred to it as. Oh. They didn't say like in the myth or in the the tale of the gods or the creation. They called it the tradition. Um, their, the be- belief, widespread belief at least, in Norse mythology ended with the modern Christian era, which started about a thousand years ago. Mm. Um, so Vikings found the world to be enchanted, was the like basis of this. They did not see salvation from the world as a goal, like Christian views, um, but they delighted in the current state of the world. And they were very like, look at this miraculous world that we have. What a gift was like their Aww, whole thing, I like that. Um, which is like sweet. Their myths acknowledge the trials of life. You're, you're going to hear how they struggle. <laughs> um, and they praised all attempts to work through them. So their gods are all about like, and they overcame this obstacle and that's why they're great. Like they're very, very focused on life is hard and life is gritty, but the more you overcome them, the stronger of a person you are. Um, in addition to the Vikings, the Celts, the Sami, the Finns, and the Finns in Scandinavia, Iceland, and the British Isles also probably believed in at least some variation of Norse mythology. So the basis of Norse mythology is that there are nine worlds or nine realms. Um, and at each world is the homeland of a various being, which include two main tribes of gods, the Aesir and the Vanir, which are going to come, they're going to come up a lot. Mm-hmm. The nine worlds are held up by the world tree Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil. It's Y-G-G. So, like, (laughs) you tell me what that is. Yggdrasil. Um, Which... There's a lot of there's a lot of disagreement over what the exact structure of the tree is. Some people think that certain worlds are in certain parts of the tree, so there's not really an, an, a strict agreement on what the tree looks like or the formation of the tree, but it is a tree and we're on it. The nine worlds are Midgard, which is the world of humanity, Asgard, which is the world of the Asir tribe, Vanaheim, which is the world of the Vanir tribe, Jotunheim, which is the world of the giants, Niflheim, which is the primordial world of ice, Muspelheim, which is the primordial world of fire, Alfheim, the world of the elves, Svartalfheim, which is the world of the dwarves, and Hel, which is the world of the goddess Hel and the dead. Okay. These are the nine worlds. Wait, this is a These stupid question. I'm sure it's an obvious answer. Is it Thor? Is that Asgard? Is that where I've heard that word before? Okay. Yes. 
<laughs> yes, Thor is from Asgard. <laughs> We're going to talk about no, Thor. No, it's fine. It's fine. I was... So like all good things, I'll begin at the beginning with the creation myth. <laughs> Um, when I when I asked Andy about this, he said, "quote It was much more metal than some guy in the sky." Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there was an abyss known as Ginyun Gub Gub Gob. Gob Gob. <laughs> There's a lot of G's in here. Ginyun Gob Gob Gob. <laughs> There's two G's. Ginyun <laughs> Gob Gob. And this was a chaos that sat between Muspelheim, which was the world of fire, and Niflheim, which is the world of ice. And the frost and flames of the two met in Ginyugagop. Gin, 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 Noon, Gagop. That's what it is. <laughs> Where the fire melted the ice and the drops formed Ymir, which means the screamer. <laughs> And he was a godlike but destructive giant. Emir was intersex and he could reproduce asexually when he slept. Um, they would literally leap from his legs and the sweat of his armpits, Ooh. like the different beings. So he created he created the dwarves and the elves and the giants, and they all leapt from different parts of it. Or he, they all leapt from areas of him. <laughs> yeah, and as the fire, which was still consuming the ice, continued to melt a cow named Ode Humla emerged and she would nourish Ymir with her milk and by licking the ice continually for her own sustenance she uncovered Buri and Buri means progenitor and he is the first of the Aesir tribe of gods. Buri had a son named Bor and Bor married Besla. Now the names Bor and Besla roughly translate to son and wife so original names here Bastla was also a giant um like emir and so all of their children were half god half giant and their children were vili b or bay and odin odin and his brothers killed emir and they constructed the world from emir's corpse this is a quote they fashioned the oceans from his blood, the soil from his skin and muscles, vegetation from his hair, clouds from his brains, and the sky from his skull. Four dwarves, corresponding to the four cardinal points, held Emir's skull aloft above the earth. So that's why we have north, south, east, and west, according to Norse mythology. Okay. And, and eventually, Odin and his brothers formed Ask and Embla, who were the first man and woman, from two tree trunks, and then they built a fence around Midgard to protect humanity in the realm that became mm -hmm. Midgard. It is significant that Ymir was a progenitor of giants because he came from chaos, and in many Norse myths, giants fulfill this role of a chaotic character, mm -hmm. and giants are, giants are considered to be very chaotic people, and that's very important. Chaotic good or chaotic neutral or... <laughs> chaotic evil oh no okay <laughs> not good yeah not good not good so let's talk about the two tribes of the gods the aesir and the veneer most of the best known norse gods belong to the aesir including odin thor frigg tyr loki baldor heimdall indune and bragi they live in asgard which is on the highest sunniest branch of the world tree which is why many depictions of asgard is of it being a golden city it's very bright it's the highest on the tree odin was known as the all-father um and he was the chief of the asir the asir were considered um the powers holding the cosmos together and preventing the giants from dragging it back into formless chaos so it was very much gods versus giants they thought the giants would essentially bring about the end of the world because of a prophecy which is known as ragnarok that the gods are fated to fail and the giants succeed which i will talk more about later oh. i will say that the marvel cinematic universe took a lot of liberties on north okay. there's a lot that you might be like oh i know it's from thor and like they got it wrong they got it close interesting i love their take on it but it is different mm. <laughs> It is a take. Odin, despite being the ruler of the Asir and Asgard, is known to go on solitary adventures, um, and he is a very self-interested quest. Uh, he is the divine patron of rulers and outlaws. Odin has only one eye because he sacrificed the other for infinite wisdom, essentially. 
And he has the name All-Father because he is simultaneously an Asir god, a Vanir god, and a giant. Thor is the god of thunder. Um, and the Vikings stated that they could physically feel Thor's pres presence under like lightning during a storm, which is why Thor is like one of the most well-known and talked about gods, is he was very venerated by the Vikings. Okay. Thor is the archetypical loyal and honorable warrior. He is considered the defender of Asgard. Thor's particular enemy is Jormungand, which I'm going to go into later, so remember that. Jormungand my, is my an enormous... Jormungand. <laughs> he is an enormous sea serpent, um, and he encircles Midgard, the world of human civilization. So essentially, he surrounds us in the human world, and he's trying to get in, which more sea things for me to be afraid mm. of. Jormungand, the sea serpent, trying to approach Midgard. Thor is also three-quarters giant because he is the son of Odin and a giant named Jord. Now, you're probably thinking, wait, Sarah, you just told us that the gods and the giants are enemies. Why is Odin, why is Thor the child of Odin and a giant if Odin and the giants don't like each other? Because in Norse mythology, things are very complicated. <laughs> the familial relationships between the gods and the giants is one of the reasons that like Norse mythology is considered to be more nuanced than other ones. Because it's like, yeah, we hate each other, but also he's my father. Like, <laughs> it's like a, that's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. Complex family relationships. Very love-hate. So, so yes, Thor's mother is a giant named Jord. And Odin is his father and odin hates giants and yet thor is a giant's son it's like a whole thing <laughs> it's a whole whole thing thor's hammer although a source of destruction is considered also a hollowed object so it's not just something that to be feared but it's also something to be honored his hammer would bless weddings for example hmm. and because he is a sky god he would also bless the land to grow crops so he's not just like a warrior he had other important duties Loki is not Thor's brother. <laughs> Loki. Loki throughout Norse mythology demonstrates a complete lack of concern for the well-being of his fellow gods. Loki has a tendency to turn into animals and then impregnate animals, but which I which will come up Ooh. again. Um, Loki is the god of mischief and he is very disloyal to his family and the people of Asir and or the Asir tribe and the people of Asgard. So he's just like not a good person all around. Frigg or Frigga, depending on who you ask, is the highest ranking goddess and she is the wife of Odin, the mother of Baldur, and she's considered to be the same person as Freya. Now Freya is one of the main goddesses of the Vanir tribe of gods. And there is evidence in Old Norse that Frigg and Freya were two different people. They spoke of them, like they they were cited differently. But in every text, they are both the wife of Odin. Freya does not seem to be the mother of Baldur, but she fulfills like the exact same role. And in myths that were like passed down, they were used interchangeably. And yet there is evidence that they are two different people. But nobody who has studied Norse mythology can figure out how they are different. It's like it's very odd because mm -hmm. they like are described as fulfilling the same role. So it essentially depends on who you ask if Freya and Frigga are different people. Um, they both practice magic and they were considered to be the kindest of the gods. Some myths say that Frigg was a man, like they depict him as a man. And so therefore he was not the wife of Odin. Um, but other ones, that's who Freak seems to be. In an Old Norse poem called Lokasena, this is one of the only instances where Freya and Frigga are referenced as two, definitely two different people. Um, Loki insults Freak to Freya, and Freya warns him that Freak quote, knows the fate of all beings. So, like, therefore, Freya, Freya and Freak can't be the same person. It's very, very odd. Mm. Um, so no one really really can concisely say the difference, but Fre Freya is a veneer god, and Odin's marriage to her would make him partially veneer god as well, which is why he is the All-Father, because he is part giant, Aesir god, and veneer god. That's how he's connected to that. Or he could be married to someone named Freak, and Freya is a totally different person, and they were just like 
not feminist. They were like, all women are the same. I don't know. It's very odd. Every time you say the word all father, my brain goes, all father who art in heaven. Even <laughs> <laughs> Baldor, the son of Odin and Frigga slash Freya, is loved by all the gods, goddesses, and beings um, because he is so handsome and cheerful that he gives off light. But he is also um, very self-centered. He's like the Apollo of them all. So like Harry Styles kind of, or like... <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, I don't think he's self-centered. Well, I mean, maybe who knows? If I were Harry Styles, I'd be self-centered. <laughs> no, he's more he's more self-centered. He he's more like a like a Apollo uh-huh. character, or you know, narcissist or narcissist. Yeah. yeah, just very up on himself. But Baldor, yeah, he was he was loved. He's loved by all. Absolutely adored as a person. Um, Heimdall is the guardian of Asgard, and he was played by Idris Elba in the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe, and Idris Elba did a really good job. I really loved his character. Um, he sits... <laughs> this is just an Idris Elba appreciation moment. Um, he... Heimdall sits at the top of Bifrost, which is a rainbow bridge that leads to Asgard, and he watches there and listens for intruders with his horn, Yallerhorn. Yeah, y'all are horn. Um, so he's very loyal. He's a guard. Heimdall's my favorite. I stand. Loki is Heimdall's primary enemy because Loki is severely disloyal. Which again, I this will come up more. Well, this will make a little bit sense more later. But Heimdall is essentially like, I hate that guy <laughs> like, more than anything in the world. He hates Loki for being disloyal because Heimdall is like the supreme loyal person to Asgard. So they're just polar opposites in every way. The last of the Asir guards that I'm going to go into detail about is Tyr. And Tyr is a war god, but he also presides over law and justice. So some people say that he's interchangeable with the god Mars or Ares Mm -hmm. in Greek slash Roman mythology. But it's not really comparable because Tyr was just about order as he was about like war. Um, and he, so he's actually more of the Norse equivalent to Prometheus because he's considered to have given humans most of their tools to live. The other tribe of gods is the Vanir. And we know very little about the Germanic people's view of the Vanir just because the Asir tribe was considered to be much more powerful. And those are the myths that were passed down a lot more, particularly because the Ragnarok myth, which is the most known of them, um, only really includes the Aesir gods. But the significant gods of the Vanir include Freya, who might be the same person as Freig, and we don't know, mm-hmm. Freyr, and Njord. The Vanir do seem to be somewhat more associated with human and ecological fertility than the Aesir. They were very fertile, mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, fun fact, though, Freya, who, again, could be the same as Freak, <laughs> was honored at weddings by gifting the bride and groom a cat. Oh, that's a really good gift. Yeah. yeah, it's a really good gift. I would love to live in a society where we just gifted each other cats. I'd be like, hell yeah. Um, partially because they were Vikings and cats were good to have on ships to ward off rats. A pet is also a really good wedding gift because then you can practice taking care of something before you have kids. You don't rush into having kids together, you know? True, true, true. Freyr, who's a different god, is considered to be hated by none for being benevolent and sexually and ecologically fertile. <laughs> like they were like, Freyr's had a lot of kids and we love that. Freya's like kind of the god of love, but like not really. I don't know. It's like a whole thing. But he, that's that's what they said. He's sexually and ecologically fertile. They no, loved him. Spread for that. the seed. Spread the family seed. He spread. He spread the family seed. <laughs> and Freya's father is Njord, and he is associated with wealth, fertility, and the sea. So of course he would be important to the Vikings. He was a sea god. So do you really hammer it in that the Aesir are the most important though and like very and like superior to the Veneer? The principal gods, the Veneer, were actually considered honorary members of the Aesir <laughs> because they were sent there during the Aesir Veneer War. So even the Veneer gods are also Aesir. It's it's like it's odd. It's very odd. Again, there's a lot of family tension <laughs> in these myths. Um a L- lot, lot of problems there, but 
those are the main the main players here. The players that I mentioned, I mentioned because I'm going to go into talking about Ragnarok, and these are the ones you need to know. But before I do that, we should also mention the Valkyries, who I love. And they are a female helping spirits to the god of Odin, and their job is to bring noble, worthy heroes to Valhalla. Now, Valhalla is essentially their version of heaven, but it's not like in Christianity where it's like, if you do good deeds, then anyone could go to heaven. It's definitely not one of those. <laughs> it's like only the best of the best get to go to heaven, and the rest of you get to go to Muspelheim, which is the fire realm. What's cool about Norse mythology is that they really reverse what christianity does where above is heaven and below is hell to them below is just the regular afterlife above is valhalla Mm -hmm. which like is the the house that odin keeps where the valkyries take you if you're the most worthy and at niflheim which is the ice realm is their hell oh because ice like the ice had to be melted away in order to create the world. They consider ice to be the enemy and fire to be the creator. So it's like kind of the opposite, which I think is cool. Mm -hmm. And that's what the Valkyries do. And they're dope as hell. Um, And the last person we should discuss (laughs) is hell (laughs) who is a giant slash goddess. And she rules over hell, which is named after her with only one L. Um, Hell's name means hidden, which I think is really cool. And hell is generally generally presented as being greedy, harsh, and cruel, or at the very least indifferent to the concerns of both the living and the dead. Like she's just she's just super over it. Mm. Now, obviously, I can't go into every myth, and there are so many cool myths out there, but I can't, in good conscience, talk about Norse mythology without talking about Ragnarok, which is a prophecy. Ragnarok is the prophesied destruction of the cosmos and everything in it, including the gods, and this is an abbreviated version that starts with the death of Baldur, who is the, the shiny one. Ragnarok will begin with, or... Before Ragnarok begins, this is what will happen. Mm-hmm. Baldur dreams of grave misfortune. And once this occurs, Odin will ride to the underworld to consult Hel in disguise. And she details Baldur's demise without realizing who Odin is, because he's disguised himself. Then he'll return and tell the people of Asgard what he's heard, and they'll be distraught because they think Baldur is going to die. So Loki, because he's the trickster god, hears of this, and he goes to Frigg. And he'll asks her he'll ask her if she would swear to spare Baldur from harm. She says yes, but the only thing that he is not immune to is mistletoe, <gasps> of all things. So Loki, knowing this information, teases this blind god Hodor, Hodor, to make him throw a branch of mistletoe at Baldur, which he does, and Baldur dies. And this event is the presage of Ragnarok. So they have this huge funeral for him. It's, like, devastating. Everybody's upset. And Frigg asks if anyone will journey to the land of the dead and offer hell a ransom for Baldur's release, Um, which someone agrees to. I didn't write down who. Someone says yes, and they go. And while they're gone, beings from all nine worlds attend his funeral. It's, like, a very huge deal. And so when this this representative gets down to hell, hell says to them, let everything in the cosmos weep for him and I will send him back to you. So the messenger comes back, relays this message, and everyone in the nine worlds does weep for Baldur, except for Loki in disguise as a giant. And thus, Baldur is condemned to remain in hell for the rest of his life. Or the rest of his not life. Like, he he can't return. Loki! And this begins the prophecy of Ragnarok. This is the this is the first thing that must happen. The, the, what, I, what I'm going to say next is an abbreviated version of Ragnarok. It will be an age of swords and axes. Brother will slay brother. Father will slay father. And son... No, sorry. Father will slay... <laughs> father will slay father. Brother, brother will slay... Will slay <laughs> we're going to kill grandpa. <laughs> brother will slay brother. Father will slay son. And son will slay father. 
The wolves, Skull and Hati, who have hunted the sun and the moon through the sky since the beginning of time, will at last catch their prey. The stars, too, will disappear, leaving nothing but a black void in the heavens. Yggdrasil, the great tree that holds the cosmos together, will tremble and all the trees and even the mountains will fall to the ground. The dome of the sky will be split, and from the crack shall emerge the fire giants from Muspelheim. Their leader, their leader shall be cert with a flaming sword brighter than the sun in his hand. As they march across Bifrost, the rainbow bridge to Asgard, the home of the gods, the bridge will break and fall behind them. And Loki will be leading this army of giants across the rainbow bridge. Now, there's not only a prophecy for the end of times, there's a prophecy for each god and their demise. Now, Odin is, Odin's prophecy is that he will be killed by the roof, by the wolf Fenrir. So Odin, when he originally hears the Ragnarok prophecy, Odin goes out and he kills all of these wolves. He's just killing wolves. And finally, he's convinced to stop because they're like, it's needless and your fear is what will destroy you. Mm -hmm. So he spares one wolf, and that wolf ends up being Fenrir. So Fenrir is the wolf that will kill him, and it's the only wolf that Odin left alive. So again, we have a self-fulfilling prophecy mm -hmm. in literally all of these instances. Um, so Odin will be cured, killed by the wolf Fenrir. Thor and his enemy sea serpent Jormungand will fall at each other's hand. The serpent's going to be killed by Thor's hammer, and Thor will be killed by the serpent's venom. Loki will betray the Aesir tribe by leading the giants across the Rainbow Bridge, which is why Hemdall hates him in every myth, because they know they know this prophecy. And so Hemdall is like, I hate you so much. And Hemdall and Loki will also kill each other. Mm -hmm. Tyr will also be killed by a wolf that he in turn kills. Baldur's already dead. He's in the underworld. And Freya, Freeg slash Freya will survive. What makes all this more interesting is that Loki not only brings about the end of the gods because he leads the giants into the Rainbow Bridge, but Loki, remember how I said he likes to have sex with animals? Mm -hmm. Loki is the father of Fenrir, <gasps> the wolf that kills Odin, the father of Jormungand, the sea serpent, and, <gasps> and the father of hell. A twist! <laughs> Isn't that crazy? So, like, all of this happens because of Loki. Like, it's truly a self-fulfilling prophecy in so many ways. Isn't that wild? Whoa. <laughs> I know. After all this has happened, quote, the remains of the world will sink into the sea and there will be nothing left but the void. Creation and all that has occurred since will be completely undone as if it had never happened. <gasps> then a man and a woman, Leif and Liftrasir, will have hidden themselves from the cataclysm in a place called the Wood of Hodmimir, and they will come out and populate the lush land in which they will find themselves. So it does leave on, like, a hopeful note that, like, two will survive yeah. and, like, things will begin will again. Over, yeah. And they say there will be a new... They say that there will be a new Allfather, but they don't know what it'll be from there. But hey, now, that's the main prophecy. Father. Get your game on. <laughs> Why are you this way? <laughs> Mohol. Okay. <laughs> Mohol. Anyway, that is like the core beliefs of Nor of Norse mythology. Wow, that was fascinating. I I was like, I love I love a self fulfilling prophecy. I really do. You are cursed to your own demise. Which like the Greeks absolutely had the same thing in so many of oh, their yeah. myths and legends. That's like you are the maker of your own demise. Mm -hmm. Like Oedipus and his like Oedipus and his mother. Ugh. That that dad tried to kill all the babies, and then he spares one, and it turns out to be Oedipus. It's like a whole thing. <laughs> that is my bit on Norse mythology. Thank you for asking me about that. I knew. Um, I hope Andy I knew you were curious you about it, it so I wanted you to get a chance to talk about it. It made me happy. I'm glad. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at YKWIBWpodcast. You can check out our website, I'veBeenWondering.com. If you have something that you've been wondering, you can email us at I'veBeenWonderingPodcast at gmail.com. And finally, if you like what you're hearing, consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Jane, you know what I've been wondering? What have you been wondering, Sarah? So Monday is MLK Day, mm -hmm. but instead of talking about him, I want to talk about somebody else. Oh, okay. I was talking at school today about how 
I always learned in school that MLK was this like pioneer for peaceful protest mm-hmm. and that Malcolm X was this like violent radical. Yeah. We talked about this a little I bit when we talked about more. the Black Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I would love to know more about Malcolm X. Okay. Like who he was, w- what his actual stances were, mm-hmm. what are some of the riots or protests that he participated in that gave him this legacy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just more about Malcolm X. Sure. I want <laughs> I want you to talk about celebrity relationships that we like know for a fact to be fake. Or is it like you can't deny like they're like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like ones that like aren't confirmed to be fake, but we all know. <laughs> yes. yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm not specifically saying you have to talk about Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde. You can. <laughs> oh, but I will. <laughs> I will, but I will. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will talk about that anytime. That's what's coming at you next week. Thank you so much for listening. This is You Know What I've Been Wondering.